Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears, what the fucksters, what the fuckaholics? I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. Obviously, I'm not at home in the garage. Where am I? I'm in a hotel room in Chicago at the James Hotel. The day after I did uh, my special taping last night in Chicago at the Vic Theater. God damn it, I fucking love Chicago. I love it. I, I mean, I've been here before and I chose to shoot my special here, but Chicago's a great city and uh, the special taping went amazing. I'll tell you about it because uh, it was, uh, I'll, I'll walk you through it in a minute. Today on the show, I talked to Constance Zimmer, the actress who was on an episode of Marin. If you watched the uh, premiere episode, uh, actually, of Marin, she played uh, my uh, age appropriate uh, uh, girlfriend briefly uh, with. <laughs> With the child, one episode, and that relationship uh, ended. But uh, you may know Constance Zimmer from uh, many things. House of Cards. She's Janine Skorsky in House of Cards. She was in the newsroom. Grey's Anatomy. If you like, she's been in a lot. You would know her. You would know her. So I talked to Constance Zimmer in a few minutes. That's happening. Let's go over my shit. Can we do that? I, I need you people in Portchester, New York, in Huntington, New York, in Red Bank, New Jersey, to know that I'm performing there. I, I know it's going to take some effort. I know a lot of you don't listen to this show today, but I, I'm reaching out to you because I got shows and I want you to see me if you want to see me. June 25th at the Capitol Theater in Portchester, New York. June 26th at the Bam Howard Opera House in Brooklyn, New York, which is selling well, and I'm excited about that. It's going to be a big-ass show Saturday, June 27th at the Paramount Theater in Huntington, New York, out on the island. And Saturday, June 28th at the Count Basie Theater in my birth state of Red Bank, New Jersey. Go to WTFpod.com slash calendar to check uh, tickets, to get tickets, to get the links to tickets. And uh, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's have some shows. I'm gonna, I'd like you to come. I'll figure out other ways to reach out to you, too, because I am my own promotional machine. Aside from being a shame machine that uh, seems to be fueled solely by deep dish pizza uh, at this uh, juncture in this hotel room. So Friday flew to Cleveland to do that. I've been to Cleveland a few times and uh, I know Cleveland. I know there's a couple of great places to eat in Cleveland. I like doing shows in Cleveland. I'm at the Playhouse Theater in Cleveland, which is a complex of several theaters. And the theater beside mine, uh, the night that I was doing my show, had uh, Dennis Miller and Bill O'Reilly doing their uh, comedy duo tour amplifying fears and stirring up shit for the angry people who think it's all the liberals fault that's a good night of entertaining let's just get you all worked up 
about how uh, how the country's going to pot because of those lefties. So uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, fear of the uh, crossover audience. I don't think I lost any audience to that show. And uh, but it was it was interesting uh, since I don't really talk about politics you know at all anymore. And 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 also it's interesting because the conversations you can have with people, you know. When you don't bring that into it, me and Chris Garcia, who's been opening uh, these dates with me, these few dates, uh, were out in front of the hotel. Uh, I was smoking a cigar. He was having a cigarette, and there was some dude, some uh, older dude, who was uh, just sitting there smoking a cigarette, and we got to talking to him, and he had just gone to see O'Reilly and Miller, and he was just talking about he lived down in North Carolina. And I didn't bring politics into the conversation at all. I knew where he stood, certainly. I didn't feel any reason to, to sort of you know, engage in that. And because I didn't, we had this interesting conversation about the time he spent in Vietnam, this time he spent in the Marines. I mean, this is in 10 minutes, just having this, uh, this kind of uh, you know, fairly deep uh, life talk uh, with this guy who I think at a different time, if I had engaged uh, immediately in politics, it would have become uh, contentious. And gone nowhere, and, and it wouldn't have been a, a sort of a moving conversation. Sometimes politics just fucks up the conversation. So the show in Cleveland went great. Very grateful for the uh, the show in Cleveland. It was a, an amazing warm up and a great show. And then I flew to Chicago on Saturday morning, and Chris and I got here about two, had some lunch, and then just sort of locked in. I went and did the sound checks. The set looks great for the special. And Bobcat had this idea. He brought up Joe Swanberg, who lives in Chicago. So I'm going to have maybe him, we should tell him that you're performing. He'd come watch the show. I'm like, maybe he could shoot some stuff. And Swanberg, who you guys know from this show, was like into it. So because we didn't know what we were going to do to bookend the special. So Swanberg comes down and we set him up with a camera. So he's following me around before and after the show in the dressing room in the theater, eating pizza right before a special taping, which was unnecessary. Someone brought Giordano's. Is that how you pronounce it? They brought that pizza in an hour before I was supposed to go on. And I have no willpower. So I'm shoveling deep dish into my face an hour before I'm going on. Because in my mind, I think that like, I don't want to admit this, but I knew that I shouldn't eat that pizza before I go on for the first, you know, we did two shows for the taping, but I, I did, and I think it was to protect myself. Like, if it didn't go as well as I thought it sh- should go, I could always blame the pizza. Now, it's not not on me, it's on the pizza. Yeah, but you made the choice to eat it. Hey, don't talk to me like that. Who's having the conversation? We are, me and me. So... The tapings were great. Chicago was a great choice, and the audiences were spectacular. I really think that we got the special in the first show. I'm doing the special for Epics, by the way. So, of course, Bobcat was like, I think you nailed it, man. So, you know, just have fun the second show. So the second show was like an an hour and 35-minute loopy fest where people in the audience just felt it okay to begin conversations with me. It was sort of like uh, up and down and in and out, and it was uh, I was riffing a lot doing stuff I'd never done before. And then of course I get off, you know, there was a point where in the middle of that taping Bobcat on the voice of God, Mike says, move the mic stand for continuity. Like there was going to be any continuity between these two shows. No fucking way. It was crazy. A little crazy. Then after that show, Bobcat's like, I think that's the special. I'm like, what are you talking about? The, the first one was tight and nailed everything. That one was all over the place. He's like, yeah, but I've never seen anything like that. And I'm like, oh, come on. Come on. But again, gracias to uh, to the great city of Chicago. I really do like it here. But I think if I lived here, I'd die very quickly because of uh, you know the pizza problem. Because I'm strung out, man. I'm strung out. 
All right, so now we're going to talk to uh, Constance Zimmer. Lovely, talented, engaging, and I and I want to uh, to sort of move you towards her things. She's uh, on a new Lifetime series called Unreal, which airs Monday nights at 10 Eastern. She's also in the movies Entourage and Results, uh, which are both out now. We talked about Results with Kevin Corrigan. All right, so let's talk to Constance. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you you get your podcasts. Zimmer. Aren't you a voiceover artist? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be one. Are you? Yes. Have they? I'm, have... A, I'm a. Uh, I'm a transformer. That's right. Oh, Which yeah. one? The female. Oh. Uh, or, or strong arm. Yeah. Strong arm. How many? How, how many of those have you done? We did. Uh, we've almost done two seasons. So I, that's like I don't know how many that is. You know who makes those? Cartoon those? Is that a good paycheck? Not really. Right? No, because I'm nobody in the voiceover world. So yeah. they're like, we're going to give you Scale. a dime. Right. Yeah, exactly. I just did my angry raccoon voice this morning for a uh, for a new uh, Nickelodeon show. Oh, you want me to do it for you? Yeah, I want to hear it. What are you doing? It's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's amazing it's, I can slip right into it. You can. It's a, it's a challenging voice. What? Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, though, that they would choose for you to be an angry I don't understand cartoon. that at all. I don't understand why I get typecast like that, because I'm so sweet and sensitive. You are. And everybody everybody just goes, has me do angry. Angry, angry. So, so everything's coming out at once, so you're not busy at all? You're just sitting there watching things happen, wondering, everyone thinking you're so busy, but you're like, I have no, nothing happening. No, it looks like I'm super busy, because, it, you know... It's all uh, done. The it's most important done. was uh, your episode of my show. Well, of course. I mean, that's kind of what started it all. Yeah, that was the kickoff. That was the kickoff. Because, by the way, I was at a party last Come night. Come on. Is this a good story? It's kind of a good story. Yeah. Uh, I was at a party last night for the premiere of the TV show that I'm starring in. And a guy came up to me and he said, hey, you're the girl from the Marin show. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. See? So See? now that's what I'm going to be recognized this for. This was a party for the real thing? For Unreal on Lifetime. Unreal. Unreal. I, d- I do no research, so we're just you gonna shouldn't. have to explain everything to me. You will be addicted to this show. Really? You will be. What? What? Pitch so it to me. So it's behind the scenes of the making of a dating reality series, like The Bachelor like, or something. Yeah, yeah, like that, or Beauty and the Geek, or right. Who Wants to Marry Harry, mm-hmm. or anything that is a situation of normal people uh, having cameras follow them around right. while they find but true love. But this is behind the scenes. This is behind Which the is scenes. Which is what makes it a comedy, I'm assuming. Correct. Well, right. very dark. Very dark, dark people comedy. People die? Uh, no. You have to watch the show. 
I'm not going to reveal anything here, uh-huh. even though I should. What is your character? Uh, I played the executive producer, director of so the reality so show. So you're like a monster. I am a monster. Yeah. Unlike, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm yeah, very yeah, much typecast yeah. because that's what I am in real life. Too. No, you're just kind of a monster. Kind of. I, I don't know. I, I don't think you are. Thank God. I thank you. I'm know. not a monster. You, you seem very practical and sweet. And, yes. But like at any moment, something horrible could happen. <laughs> like, Except I would be the reverse. I would just start crying instead of yelling. I know. We talked about that once before. I can't believe you're not a yeller with all your intensity. Why are you a crier? You should be a yeller. You're powerful. You no, should yell. No, because it. I yell like every character I play yells. Why do you think that is? Oh, I so, have no idea. So you work it out on, on camera? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I work it out when then it doesn't come back and bite me in the ass. Uh-huh. Where, there, it's I get paid to yell. And in my house, I, you know, yeah. I, I don't you yell. Just, you just cry and- I cry and, instead. And, and, and just clam up, passive aggressive. No, okay. We talked about that too when we were working. I I, I'm probably a little passive aggressive. My husband would definitely- Your, hus- your husband's a director, right? A yes. Pr- Director, you know, director, writer, photographer, producer, Uh whatever. Let's just give him all these hats just because. What are his big hits? Uh, Big hits. Um, Have you seen the Listerine commercial? Yeah, great. (laughs) Uh, Which one? The one where they swish it around with their (laughs) face? Yeah, they make a face? Uh, Yeah, he right now has mostly been doing commercials, but he's done a couple of short films, but he is right now attached to. Uh, directs a couple of films and mm. he has a pilot in the works. So, you know, he's finally, right? Finally, my right. God, get yeah. him off my couch. So, yeah, sense. right. And I, and I can say something other than commercials. <laughs> finally, know. he's doing something. <laughs> Did you see the Listerine commercial? <laughs> Wait, I've seen all of them. I've I seen know. all of them. Well, that's what sucks, so by good. the way. Let's talk about that and this fact that who watches commercials anymore, anyway? I ended up watching a couple last night because uh, apparently when you DVR the Madman finale, uh, you can't fast forward through them. See, and that's what they're trying to do now. But I got a couple laughs, honestly. It was the, yeah, the Heinz commercial with the people in the mustard outfit. <laughs> did you see those? Yes. It's kind of funny. See? Wait, you didn't get a laugh? I did. I got a laugh right and now. now I know, you reenacting it. I know, I know now that Heinz makes a yellow mustard, and I'm not a yellow mustard fan, but maybe it, maybe it worked on me. So you didn't know that Heinz made something else besides ketchup? No, I know they. I, I figured they made other things like Heinz Fifty Seven <laughs> sauce, but I, I think what they're trying to do is push like French's out, you know, to, to make people aware that this yellow mustard business can be a Heinz companion That's to their right. ketchup. <laughs> they look well together. Yeah, but, they're the same bright yellow with the bright red. Yeah, yeah, it, but uh, but Listerine. I use Listerine. I don't know if your husband had anything to do with that. No, but wait. So this uh, unreal. Well, so what happens? What's uh, what happens? There's sex and sordid business. Oh my god! There's a lot of so it, right? So much sex. You there's, are you having sex in there? People are like blowjobs, oh. sex. Oh, good. Uh, drugs. Yeah. There's drugs. Like which kind? There's cat fights. Yeah. Girls. Yeah. Slapping each other. This sounds like something everyone's going to watch. America's going to watch it. They're going to watch it on there's Lifetime. Girls in bikinis. Is that easy to find Lifetime? I, I would hope so. I don't know. I'm on IFC. No one seems to know where it is. <laughs> I can't even tell Here's my thing, parents though, where it is. But nobody even watches shows anymore uh, based on where they are. That's what I hear. Everyone's like, just tell me what time. I'll put it on my DVR. I'll record it, I, and I then don't. I'll watch it when I want to but watch I, it. I don't do that. Yeah, I don't. I, I like watch to on, watch things when they're on. Me too. Or yeah. on demand. I don't DVR things. No. If, if, the, if the station doesn't have an on-demand situation, I'm in trouble. Okay. Well, Lifetime has an on-demand they, station. All right. Then so I'm watching it. Okay. 
And you're in the uh, the Entourage movie? The Entourage movie, yes. Because you were on the TV show. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I, I just talked to someone else who's in that movie. Who'd you talk to? He was just here yesterday. Haley Joel. Oh, Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. He is so fantastic in the movie. He is? Oh, my God. He plays this horrible, rich, spoiled brat. Yeah. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's son he plays in the movie. And luckily, I had uh, most of my scenes were with him and with Billy Bob, who's fantastic in the film as well. And, of course, with Jeremy. All my stuff is always with Jeremy. Yeah. Was that the first time you worked with Billy Bob? Yes. Yes. Was that was that an experience? He's he is fascinating. Yeah. I, I mean, in between takes, we, everybody would just crowd around him and just want to hear stories. Okay, and, and he's got a pretty slow delivery, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything is like this dramatic pause. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he had, we had just finished working on Fargo, uh-huh. so he was telling us all these stories about working on Fargo, and you know, but it, that, that's the thing about Entourage is it brings together such a bizarre collection of actors, directors, producers, and then you're all in the same room together and it is what they show on the the show is all of a sudden becoming that you know behind the scenes where when would i ever be in a situation where i just would be hanging out with billy bob thornton yeah and Haley joe osmond and all in the same day and in the I same think you scene. could probably eat more easily hang out with Haley joe osmond whenever you wanted probably if i you... mean look he sees dead people okay so <laughs> i mean let's just talk about but that. i bet you he's a nice not a nicer guy but probably a little more accessible i have a feeling that billy bob you know, you'd be like, you want to hang out? And then, like, you'd probably second guess it. You'd be like, yeah. No, I actually... I got to call him. I want to yeah, do the show. Yeah, I-, I got the idea that he's pretty he- He's pretty approachable. Yeah? Oh, yeah. He was super excited to be on in the movie, it's very too. intense. He frightens me a little bit. I think he seems less intense than he was to all of us, like, years ago. Okay. When he was, like, drinking blood and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all right, yeah. so that movie, like, that's a full cock press. A lot of men... Cock press, but into women. I mean, yeah. there are there's there's yeah. a lot of bikinis. And, Talk yeah, about yeah. bikinis and yeah. hot girls and nudity and sex. I mean, let me ask you a question. <laughs> I uh, I read this article uh, about uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal uh, talking about uh, ladies, the ladies, the women in uh, Hollywood, and how uh, they get they get short shrift as they get older. Not even going to talk about it. You know. It, I'm going to say that I think that was true like five years ago. Yeah. I think it's changing. Yeah. You know, you know, Meryl Streep, uh, she's funding like an organization to um, find women who will write characters, write female characters over the age of 40. So she's put all this money into this organization. Within the context of scripts or just anything. Uh huh. Females over 40 in television or or movies, mm-hmm. yeah. I mostly I think TV and movies, TV and movies to try and get people to write more for those women. Mm-hmm. Because I will tell you, since I turned forty, it's I've gotten the best parts I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think that was going to happen. And my husband, yeah, the Listerine guy, he uh, film director, <laughs> film director. Yeah. Um, you know, he had said to me because I, I thought I thought the same thing. I thought my career was over when I was thirty five, and I thought, oh my god, this is it. People are tired of me. They've seen me for far too long. And now I'm old and everyone wants the younger Constance Zimmer, whatever is that one, fucking means. There... I hope not <laughs> because she's going to take all my jobs. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and my parts have only gotten better since like, I turned 40. Like when, uh, like, like which ones are like, because what, what are you being casted specifically? Because you're, you're sexy. You've got brains. You've got an edge to you. Well, you know, yes and no. You're not playing a lot of moms. 
No, I'm not, except on your show. But that was like the most, that's the closest to your real you ever that you've ever been cast, I think. Well, without the yelling, let's just say that again. <laughs> that wasn't really, you only yelled once. And I was, yelled a lot. By the way, it starts with me yelling in the kitchen on your show. I don't, was that yelling or were you just bit. sort of laying down the law? Ah, uh, you know, I mean, huh. a little bit of both. Yeah? Anyways. Okay. Uh, no, but like Janine on House of Cards yeah. was not necessarily a for, a woman in her 40s. Right. She was a woman that had worked her whole life and we never, I don't even know if we told her age, uh, you know, because I don't really think it mattered, but- What's her job on that show? Uh, I was a journalist. I was a White House right. correspondent, actually. Right. You know, but that was fighting the good fight for what journalism used to be and what it is today. Like uh, a 40-year-old journalist fighting with a 20-year-old journalist who's doing Twitter and social media and- And misspelling. And misspelling, Not exactly. copy editing. That's what I'm that, talking the, about. This is the end, the, the age of copy editing is over. Right? Anytime I see an article about me, which uh, are happen occasionally, mm-hmm. I have to correct things. And I have to write them back. I had the same thing. Well, and mine's already in this. It was already published, and they sent in the magazine sent me a copy of it. And I was like, "There's misspellings and there's inaccuracies. Like, who's checking this right. shit? It's fucking a nightmare." No, everybody's just like, "Go, go, out, out." Nobody has any patience. But I'm also crazy like that because before I was an actor, I used to like coordinate these huge celebrity events that raise money for charity. And one of my main jobs was always making sure that everyone's names were spelled correct, everything about them was correct, and that would take like two or three days of yeah. cross-referencing and all this it's stuff. A, it's a job. Yeah. Yeah, no one does it anymore. No. So you played a journalist. Like, I haven't watched this series. I'm sorry. I need to watch it. Everyone loves oh, it. Mark. What do I watch? What do you watch? What do you have time to watch, really? I watched Marin. <laughs> right. And you did a great job, and that was funny. No, I mean, I, I'm i with you. I don't watch a lot of television. I mean, I watched The Mad Men, but like, honestly, when the, when it came back, I was like, I thought it was over. It wasn't yeah. over? No, and I And then uh, I watched Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul is awesome. It is awesome. Last Man yeah. on Earth Didn't was fantastic. It. Really? Yeah, that I got through very quickly, because they showed like two episodes at once, so it really, you it pulled you into it that you wanted to watch it then the next week and watch two episodes at once. Togetherness, I watched. There Togetherness, was, it was yes. A, a little painful. It is. You want, yeah, because it's so true. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I see. Like I keep my uh, like I don't I don't I don't get involved with it. Gets too messy with the humans. I know humans are really fucked up. We they, really are a mess these days. Yeah, but it's such a short. We all fuck up the same way. But it it was a little painful. And I talked to Linsky in here, and and I I I don't know. There was I liked it. I thought it was really good. Maybe it was too real. But I love that heavy set guy. He's funny. Oh, so great. I'm sure he doesn't like being called the heavy set guy. Yeah, oh, the, yeah exactly. the large man. The large the large, <laughs> the large man bald on the show. Man. Yeah. I don't know where the fuck he came from, but he's funny. Well, because he's Mark's friend. Right, but he's funny. Yeah. How does a fun, that guy a, a guy that funny not show up before? You know why? Because this is this is the only thing that is good that is happening with all of the Hulus and Amazons and all of these places where now people who you feel like come out of the woodworks, mm. but it's not. It's just they haven't been given the opportunities because everybody wants the same people over and over and over again. You know, people reuse talent. Well, I think all that. The time. Well, yeah, and I think that's why uh, that and also the uh, the limitations, like we were talking about before. So Merle Streep's like funding these, you know, make yeah. some older characters. Well, because she's like, come on, I know you guys can write them, so I'm just going to fund it. I'm going to put down all this money, and I'm going to have people be specific about writing credible female characters over the age of 40. Isn't it weird, though, because, like, when you watch movies and stuff, there's, like, you see these movie stars who are around women for, like, five years, maybe, and then you're like, what? Where are they? 
Yeah. What happened to her? And then but all of a sudden, a choice Ren- Renee Russo shows up somewhere and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And she's still good. How amazing was Nightcrawler? Yeah. Oh, that movie was good. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it because I watched Were that. you in that? I was. <laughs> no, but it's very funny because I watched the movie because people told me yeah. that it's like the movie version of our show, Unreal. Because it's behind the scenes of these, you know, late night. Right. Uh, news networks right and everybody said that i'm the Rune russo character on our tv show and jake gyllenhaal is the sherry appleby on our tv show and so i was like i want to see what that is what's the movie version of us it was a little menacing it's that, that, very menacing like gyllenhaal was like that was some scary shit it was the best i've seen him i yeah, like he's, a psycho socio psychopath he psychopath, was fantastic. not a sociopath yeah. sociopaths are like people we know yeah exactly <laughs> like something we could turn into in a yeah, couple yeah, of years yeah. probably i think i know a couple yeah so. if you lock yourself in here <laughs> that so, could happen so well i i i guess like i i don't know i guess that's true that in movies there's just not a hell of a lot of like just women characters in general of a certain age. It's kind of weird when you think about it. It is true because there's better now. They're better in television. Yeah. Television is better in general. And you're like in every show. I uh, Well, that. not every show. No, like, but you've, like you're like one of those people. I'm on some good shows. I can say I'm very grateful that I can say that. Newsroom. Newsroom. That was good. Over 40, yeah. by the way. Yeah, well, you're, but you're like a stud, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're not... <laughs> I think I would be criticized for saying that. See, that's just the kind of attitude men have about women who are older and have... Uh, and are strong. Strong, <laughs> yeah. 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 You were on Grey's Anatomy, Alana Cahill. How many Ooh. episodes of that did you do? Five. That's exciting though, right? But again, I was I was a ball buster on that show. Again, another ball buster. Yeah. Entourage, you were on a lot. I was on for six years. Yes. And you like uh, Jeremy? I love Jeremy. Come on, just, just. No, I, I'm being 100 percent honest. I really do. He's an intense fella. He's an intense fella. Been but, around a long time. And an incredible actor. Yeah. So uh, he always, uh, he's always when I'm around and we're in scenes, he's 100 percent. Like mm-hmm. he's there, he's focused, and I can't say that about everybody I've worked with. What? Like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not looking at you in particular. Uh huh. Yeah, what? <laughs> no, he's a, you know, I think he is the epitome of being misunderstood. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't know him and I haven't even, like, uh, he seems like, he's a little too guy's guy for me, but I mean, but he's a good actor. I always watch, I always like watching him. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything too bad about him. No, I mean, look, everybody wants to say shit about anybody, yeah. you know, just it's, because it's, it's town. a story. It's that town. That's this right. This is the town for The it. town for talking shit about yeah. people. But no, I do love him. And I think that what was so great about, you know, Dana and Ari, who we were on the show, was that I had known him for years before that. Yeah. And I had worked with him on The Ellen Show. You know, when Ellen had uh-huh. a sitcom uh-huh. back in the day. Uh-huh. And so I've known him for so long that when we got to work together again, there was already this friendship that we had. What's well, sort of interesting. There's like a whole crew of people like you who have been, you know, who actually work, like always work. And you kind of run into each other here and there you know, on TV shows. Because right? I always assume that there's some sort of community of actors and that, like people who do movies together, like so you, you know how like with Howie Joe Osment, it's like so how often are you in touch with Tom Hanks? <laughs> you know you were in Forrest Gump when you were four, so do you keep up that relationship? No, no one. No, you, you just go to work and then that's it. Yeah, and because I mean, there's some relationships that I have kept up, but mostly with the women. Right, but if you keep working, you run into people. Exactly, there seems to be a crew that works. Exactly. 
Or you do a TV show and then two years later they make it into a movie and then you're all forced to be together again whether you like it. But there's no bad ill will on that set. No. 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 Everyone's having a good time. Everybody is so excited. It's like sex in the city for men. Exactly. No, (laughs) but it is. It kind of is. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I I still can't believe it. I see the billboards for Entourage and I'm like, oh, the show's back on. You know, I don't even, I don't like realize like, no, we're in a movie. I just watched a movie with you in it. I'm not in very many movies. Was it Adam Perlow? Oh, results. I'd never seen this filmmaker's work. I kind of like the movie. Oh, you would love Andrew. Andrew Bujalski ha- has such incredible movies. This is like his first movie with like real big celebrities. Yeah. You know, and it was so cute. Because Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, Kobe Smulders. What is she from? Um, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. And the Avenger movies. Right. God, I'm so out of the fucking loop. That, I am too, by the way. I only, the only reason why I know any of this is because, well, I know Kobe actually as a friend. Why are we out of the loop? Be- I don't know. I don't have time do to you? go to the Is movies. Is that wrong? No, that's not wrong. How old are you? I'm 44. Uh-huh. So I'm 51. Wait, that's when you're supposed to say... Oh, you look well, you 35. Look- Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it takes a lot for me to go to the movies these days. Oh, I would, I, someone told me I should see Mad the Mad Max movie. Yeah, somebody said it's a... It's you too? A, yeah, same thing. Maybe we should go together. Okay. Oh my God, let's go see Mad Max let's together. Let's do it now. Let's do it. We have to go to a matinee. Yeah. Because my nights are full. <laughs> with the child <laughs> and the husband? Not even with the child and the husband because I have... Four projects all coming out within. Oh, you got to watch your a projects. Week. I got to watch my projects. But results, I'm so glad you liked it. I love that you saw it. It's compelling because it's like a real indie movie. Like it's not following any rules, and it seems to you know go weird places. Got some poetry to it. You know when they had called me and and just said you know yeah. hey uh, you know they want you for this movie and I read it super fast and and I was like wait there's how many sex scenes with Guy Pierce <laughs> and I was just like I didn't even I I was like oh, oh okay I'll I didn't do, see one of those I'll do yet. it. Oh, one, I did. They're I did. in the montage. There's a montage. That's right. What you make with heavy sex breathing. Faces. That's right. Sex faces. They are good. Yeah. How is that? By the way, you still have to get naked just for sex faces. So just realize that it's not like I had on, you know, fully clothed. No, but but not totally naked for sex faces because that seems like you. No, you have like of. you get like nipple covers. Really? Yeah. I was like, it was the first day I met guy, and then I had to just take off my clothes in front of him. How was that for you? Well, I, I guy's mean, all right. Guy's pretty cute. Yeah, he's for, he's a weaselly guy. If you he like had that, to take his clothes guy. off too. Oh, so, really? All know. the way, all of it? Well, you know. Did they put a a, a, a dick tape on him? <laughs> a dick cover? I know, right? Where are the dick covers? <laughs> I, I it would pro- it would have to be gigantic, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not that I guy saw would be that. Happy to hear Not that. that I saw yeah. that, but I mean, is in general speaking. I, I don't know. I, I when I did sex scenes, I, I wore boxers and and, yeah, exactly. and also briefs. Yeah, and taped it down. Taped it down, right? Sure, just in case. That's right. Some guys wear um, cups. Oh, really? Like the yeah, like uh, in baseball, like the like uh, right. So that like even if there is uh, something, um, uh, two body Robbie, parts meeting, it's a cup. There's, there's a cup, so it's like. I don't know. Have you had that experience personally? I did. I did. You grinded a guy with a cup? I did. I did. What movie was that? That was on Unreal. Oh, really? So oh. this is recent. This is, yes. Mm-hmm. Why this did, is so the guy said, watch. I got to wear a cup. Who decides that? Yeah, uh, the actor. Hmm. I think, I mean, look, it, it's a personal choice. You know, sometimes it gets a little, you know, some people like to put pillows in between themselves. Oh, because they're afraid they'll get a boner? Probably. 
Yeah. I think that's more that's more uncomfortable than like actual like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then all of a sudden. Well, I did the, the sex scenes in uh, like I found I was putting pressure on myself. You know, like I, I like I. <laughs> I want to know how. How were you putting pressure on yourself? Well, we're doing these sex scenes and I had the moment where. Like it was, it was fine. There, you know, we being appropriate and being actory, you know what I mean, and kissing and uh-huh. stuff. And and then I and then did you slip the tongue? No. Oh, good. You're not supposed to. No, I didn't know what to do. I, the when, the first time I did it, first season, I asked her. I said, "What what do we do? Are we, is there tongue involved? Do you want to do you want to do a trial run? <laughs> you want to go practice in the bathroom? Right. Yeah. Do you want to try it <laughs> before we just do it? And she's like, "No, I don't think that's appropriate." And I'm like, "All right, I don't know." And then we ended up do we ended up doing it no tongues. And then she said, "Look, you know, sometimes it, you know you might get a boner, but it happens. Just it's it's okay." And then once I was out there, I'm like, "Why am I not getting a boner?" You know, like I was like, "I should be getting a boner." Right? Not. Maybe you were just such a good actor. Yeah, I just shut it down. You were just like, "Shut that down down there." Just you know, lay low. Like dude. I felt I failed sexually. Right. <laughs> In a, in, a, in a situation where I was not supposed to have to have that. Yeah, but it's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's not like it's just you and one other person. Right. I and mean, there's a whole camera crew and right. lighting people and, and, and makeup and hair. I and mean, you can't go that. Like, you don't, you know, no. you can't. Yeah. Well, but so how was the cup situation? I was fine. I mean, listen, for me, I and actually I would say because I was the aggressor in the situation. Right. Um, that it allows me to feel like I'm not invading anyone's personal space. Was he married too? No. Oh. Craig Bierko. Do you know Craig Bierko? Yeah, yeah. I met him before. Yeah, he's on the show. He's a very tall man. Very right? tall. Yeah. Yes. Also an incredible actor. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it's... I. What? It's it's an uncomfortable thing to do sex scenes with, you know, a crew of 20 people did around you. Kiss, you. Did you kiss too? Oh, yes. We have to do all that stuff. Really? Yeah. And make it look like your mouth's open? Open your mouth? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did you, did you put tongue? <laughs> no tongue. No tongue, Mark Marin. No tongue. Okay. But it's funny because I feel like when you're single and they're yeah. single, you're why like, not? well, why not? No, no so, harm, no foul. Well, let's, let's talk about that period. Of the life where oh. you were just running around Hollywood out of control. I I was a little crazy. Really? Yeah. When did you When did you start the acting? Like, because when oh. was when was this period of time where you were organizing charity events? That was before I was a quote unquote working actor. That was my job. My job was. Oh, and you were going out on auditions, but you had that job. Correct. Yeah. But where'd you grow up? I, I grew up actually in Newport Beach. Oh, way out there. Yeah. So I was born in Seattle. Was there till I was five. Came to Santa Monica for like kindergarten, first, second grade. Why? Why? What, then why Orange the move? County. My mom. My parents got divorced. When my mom, you were five. When I was five. I was two actually. When they got divorced. Yeah, but then left Seattle when I was five. Seattle's nice. Seattle's great. Is your dad up there? It's very rainy. Yes, he's still there. You talk to him? Yes, I see him if I'm lucky. You know, once or twice a year. Uh huh. We meet in Hawaii. Really? Yeah. Why not? Okay. If you can meet in Hawaii, why wouldn't you? Does he go to Hawaii often, or is yes, just, uh, yes, oh. yeah. He has a place in Maui. What's his What's his deal? What's he do? That guy? <laughs> he's retired. Yeah. He's eighty. Oh, my dad is he's an old guy. Yeah, I think he's eighty. I guess mine is too. Oh yeah. At this do you have point? other siblings? I have a sister, three and a half years older. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, growing up and um, like my mom moved around for the public schools. Oh. You know, she was a single mom raising two girls. And so she wanted you to be in good schools. Correct. Is yeah. she still around? Yes, yeah, she's still around. She lives in Venice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In a nice place? 
Yeah, she lives in a. I, she's been there for like twenty five years. Really? Yes. She bought a house there. Uh, no, she has an apartment. Oh, okay. Yeah, in this like amazing community in in Venice. A community. A community because they are all you know Green Party people. Uh huh. So your right. mom's an old hippie. Yes. Ah. An old German hippie. If German. Those two go together. Like German German. Yeah, I'm full German. By really? the way, yeah. Your dad's German too. My dad's German. You speak German? Yes, I Stop speak it. German. I do. This is the most horrifying sounding <laughs> language. It so can you, be pretty. So you, can it make that happen for me? Um, I'm gonna try and find something. Um, um, du bist wunderschön. Oh, that's cute. Oh, what I said you're wonderful. Oh. oh, see? There's something abrupt about it all. Well, it is. Well, I mean, because you're probably just uh, being very generic and thinking of the people that are like, ach, nicht, yeah, I, ich I'm, bin ein Berliner. I, I think I'm just being Jewish. <laughs> there what... you go. Oh, that's what just happened. I see. <laughs> no. Do not hate. <laughs> I cannot. No, no, I no, I'm kidding. I yeah. have no, but, but I have, like, if you think of Italian or you think of, French, even Russian. Russian's abrupt. Chinese, I, 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 it's difficult. But yeah. German, it, it seems close. Like I can make things out. Like it's familiar right. in a way, but it's just a little brutal. I agree. It does have a, a harsh. So did you grow up eating tone to it? Sausages and like no, what? no, because my mother was more the anti-German, constantly doing stuff that wasn't German, trying to not be where she was from. So, you know, Where, she was in San Francisco. She was trying to be an actress. Oh, really? Yeah. And so she, she we weren't raised that thing? way. Like a, yeah. I mean, we had carob chips instead of chocolate chips. Uh, we had granola instead of sugary cereal. Did she let her hair uh, remain gray? Yes. She actually has. Right. She went fully gray. Yeah. She used to have like strawberry blonde uh -huh, hair. And, uh -huh. and yeah, now she went fully gray. It looks fantastic. And I, I love it. What Now, what part of Germany are they from? My mother was born in a very small town uh, that used to be Prussia. Yeah. Uh, and it's called Königsberg. My father was also born in a tiny, tiny town in Germany that also I don't think um, exists anymore. Exists. Did you go visit those places? Germany. No, no. But you I mean, speak one German. of them, Did my dad's to town is completely like it's, there's maybe one or two homes that are there that were there when he was a kid. Otherwise, it's. Have you been to Germany? Place. Oh, yes. I was shipped off to Germany every summer for, for six weeks. To yes. From age five to age 18 oh. uh, to be with our grandparents who didn't speak any English. So that was where we did our German training, our uh -huh. German speaking and uh -huh. all of that stuff. Uh -huh. And it's funny because now as a parent, I realize, wow, that's amazing that my mom did that. She was a single parent, shipped both of her daughters off for six weeks she every a summer. Break. Yeah, she was like, get the fuck, fuck out of my house. <laughs> Some of us had to go to camp. You got to go to Germany. <laughs> I got to go to Germany. That's right. So where did your yeah. grandmother live? She lived in a tiny town called Bachvatau. But it's close to a South city? of Hamburg. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so we would take the train, go to Hamburg, buy amazing clothes, you know, come back to LA. That seems great. To, it was in the moment, yes and no. You know, I miss my friends. I right. would leave to Germany. I'd come back. I had boobs. You know, it yeah. was like I would become different people when I went to Germany but, and then I'd come back. But at least when you got back, you got to see like, I think I'm winning. Like I'm beating you with the boobs. <laughs> I'm beating you with the boobs and the Benetton because Benetton was all over Europe. Oh, really? So you yeah. were ahead of the curve on I was. Benetton? I was. Very colorful clothing. So you, so you grew up all in Newport Beach? 
Yeah, from sixth grade to 12th grade is when I was in Newport Beach. And then I had to get out of there. And I went to the American Academy of Dra- Dramatic Arts yeah. out of uh, high school because I knew when I was a senior in high school that I wanted to be an actor. Where's that? That is, is, right here? used to be in Pasadena. Right. Yeah, and then I think it moved to Hollywood. Did, were you going in Pasadena? Yeah. So down the street? Yeah. Kind of. That's right. And you were there for four years? No, two? no. I actually, it's funny. I did one year and I didn't get asked back. <laughs> What? What'd you do? What? How'd you scare them? What happened? You know, all of us who didn't get asked back decided that they felt that we were good enough to be let out into the world. Into who the are industry. they? Oh, there's others. There's others, but a lot of them actually don't act anymore. Uh, it's funny they Smart all stop. They all, yeah, the ones they were like, I can't do this yeah, anymore. It's a fucking ridiculous profession. Yes, I know. But when did you know you wanted to do that shit? When I was a senior in high school, I did Grease was my first play I ever did. Rizzo. No, no, I was Patty Simcox, okay. the obnoxious cheerleader. Uh, and now I would probably play Rizzo. Uh-huh. But back then, no, I was like cheerleader. You know, I yeah. was in drama. Was I was it, that girl. And you were singing? And I was singing and dancing and doing high kicks. Do you know, I was, a, I was training for the Olympics in gymnastics. When you were a kid? When I was in like third and fourth grade. And Have you tried to do any of that recently? <laughs> yes, I do have. Mat makes work. me very <laughs> makes me very flexible. Get, get on the do the horse. Yeah, the horse. Yeah, the, uh, the bars, the, the uneven yes, bars, the uneven bars, uh-huh. and some floor. I was very good on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Was that the was, uh, very good. was that your thing? That was my thing. Could you? Do but the... again, I developed. I got boobs, and it slowed me down. Right. But gymnastics is very, it's its very specific. It requires a lot of intense training. Yes, and I was done. I, I was, could you I, do the boom, 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 like the- Yes, like I could the, do the boom, boom, boom. Uh, what are those called? Where yes, you backflips, back, back handsprings. Handsprings, back, yeah. like the whole the whole run of the mat? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. You could do it? Oh, 100%. That must be exciting yeah. to be able to do that. And now you should see me trying to teach my daughter how to do a cartwheel. And you can't do it? You know, and she's like, Mom, I don't understand. How do you get your legs so straight? <laughs> you can do a pretty good cartwheel still? Oh, yeah, 100%. But you can't do a backflip. Oh, I could. If I went, if I went. It's like riding a bike, kind of, you mean? It is. Right. Muscle memory. Yeah, I memory. mean, it's muscle memory. It's right. strength. It's you just, your body just knows how to go back there when you have to. How old's your daughter? She's seven. Just the one kid, right? Just the one. I only need one. That's enough? You only ever need one. How is she doing? Honestly. How are you guys getting along? Good? She's kind of a bitch right now. Oh, really? I mean, I, you know, that might sound a little harsh, but I feel like somebody get handed out a memo in yeah. first grade yeah. and said, all right, all right, bitches, it's time yeah. It's time to become that. You know, because they, they, they look to teenagers so much, and I don't know why, but they start taking on the personalities of what teenagers are doing that a seven-year-old shouldn't be doing, you know. Is that new, though? No. Did no. we do it? I'm sure we did. Seven? We have a lot more. The kids today have so much more influence than we did as kids. Influence in general? Oh my. I mean, the internet alone. Oh, right. iPads, computers, uh, television. Oh, you mean they've got, right. They've got a handle on things. Oh, and it's, and it's right. Like it's, in their in kind the of palm bizarre, of their right? hand, yeah. I didn't have any. I didn't have any control of anything. No, could barely handle being alive. No, I exactly. Well, and what did we have? We had Seven, like what great is that? We had Seven. like three channels of television. I think it was better than back in our day. What grade is seven? Seven years uh, first old? grade. First grade. I have no fucking recollection of that. I do, I was in Santa Monica at the time. But I mean, I don't remember who I was as a person at all. That's all I keep saying is like she's first never going to remember any of this. I think third grade is about where it starts, where I have yeah. nice pieces of memory. Yeah. 
I remember in third grade, uh, I got exposed to by a, a man on the street. Mm. And that's like my one memory of myself. You saw third your, grade. your first stranger cock? Yes, yeah, stranger cock. <laughs> The stranger cock. That's exactly what I was thinking. Did you run? Yeah. No. Well, you know, I because those days you walked to school. It didn't matter how far you lived from the school. Like yeah. I walked by myself to school. Right. In a quaint little town of Fountain Third Valley. Third grade. Third grade. Yeah. And walked to school, and somebody had pulled up on the side of the road. Yeah. And oh, rolled down his window and said, uh, "Excuse me, I'm looking for my dog. I've lost my dog. Have you seen my dog?" And I said. Uh, no, I said, what does your dog look like? And he said, he looks like this and just opened his jacket and he was completely nude. Uh-huh. <laughs> Giant boner. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you do? I, I, I just moved away from the truck very fast. <laughs> and I think instead of going to school, I walked back home. <laughs> uh, quickly? <laughs> yes. I, or did you try to keep your cool? Quickly. I did. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying, though? It is. Cocks are very terrifying. <laughs> Especially when stranger cock. You, stranger cock when they, yes. they're surprised, when, when they surprise you with them. <laughs> you're just like, in, let in, me whip this out. In an appropriate, you know, molesty way. Oh, yeah. God. I just, that terrifies me. It never makes me, I don't want my daughter to ever walk to school alone yeah no one can walk anywhere alone no yeah it's a it's a different time we've we've grown to believe that they're just everywhere (laughs) they are they are stranger cock is everywhere it is yeah i guess well now you can just go online and isn't there like a website where you can see who the sexual uh deviants are in your neighborhood or the uh oh yeah but that i can't do that that (laughs) i would that they're probably everywhere and then i would never leave my house you know never let your daughter go outside no for sure no well, this has taken a turn for the. For the first. <laughs> no, why? How did we get to this? Because we, we were talking about our memories of as child, as children. Right. And I said thir- third grade, and you were like, "Yeah, the only thing I remember from third grade is this That's guy's right. dick in a truck." That's right. But did well? I, well, you seem to have a pretty good attitude about it. Didn't fuck you up too much. <laughs> that still has yet to be seen. <laughs> I'm still young, Mark. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> so, all right. So you're jumping around on mats. And then you get into song and dance? Yeah, well, because what's very funny is that I got tired of working out. I I was just like, I can't. There's got to be something more exciting that I can do in front of an audience that doesn't require working out like 18 hours a day. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So you realize that the real desire was to put on a show. That I liked being in front of people. Yeah. And so then I moved to dance, but then I didn't like dance because it was working out and it was being in leotards, which I hated. I was like, no, no more leotards. And repeating moves to music. No. Yeah. Yeah. So then I didn't like that. And so then I saw that they were auditioning for Grease. And I was a cheerleader at the time, and yeah. I said, oh, I- I'm just going to go and try out for this part of a cheerleader. And because Grease was one of my favorite movies, that yeah. and Saturday Night Fever. Hello. Yeah, it's a good one. And uh, so, you know, I auditioned for it. I got the part. And then, uh, and was, then I was like, this is, I don't have to work out. Were you getting some laughs, too? I was getting laughs. Yeah, that's yeah. a big moment. Yeah. Getting the laugh. It's the greatest feeling uh, ever. Yeah. The best. And right. then I was like, this is it. I love it. And how much theater did you do? Uh, I did, well, so high school I did Grease and I did Peter Pan, where I, I didn't play Pan. I played Tiger Lily. Uh-huh. And you didn't then, get to fly? Did you fly? No. Oh. No. Tiger Lily doesn't fly. Oh. But whatever. She's an Indian princess. Yeah, it's good. She doesn't need to fly. Sure. Um, but after, when I was, went to the American Academy, then that's what I did. I just did a bunch of theater in LA and that's what people would come and see me and that's you know, how I got an agent and really? then, yeah. And when did you get the agent? For what play were you doing? I was doing Catholic schoolgirls about 
you played two characters in yeah. this play. You played a Catholic schoolgirl and then you played a nun. Yeah. And I played a German Nazi nun. Which, if you can imagine, when Did my father came, I spoke the German. I used a German accent. That must have been impressive to the agent. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, look at her! She's so She's versatile." Doing voice work. <laughs> she went. She studied German dialect. That's right. That's right. Uh huh. Um, yeah, and so I what did that. What about your dad, though? Well, my dad came, and he was not. He didn't think it was very funny. Didn't. didn't was it a feel. comedy? Um, it was, yes. I mean, it was, everything was very over the top. The characters were very over the top, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but no, he didn't think that was very funny. That's all right. He you know, all, you can't please all, everybody. He got all German on you? <laughs> Not, <laughs> He's like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, right. Did he? <laughs> he did. Uh, but, he spoke uh, with a German accent It's too? weird. It's weird. Yeah. He does speak with a German accent. What, what was his job? He was a structural engineer. Right. So he retired at the age of 60. A structural engineer. Yeah, he built incredible buildings in South Africa, all over the world, and there's still buildings up in Seattle that are buildings that he designed as well. So he works with an architect. Correct. Uh, yes. He's the guy that says, no, if you do that, it'll fall on people. Yes. Oh. Yes. It's important. It's feels important. Like, it feels like a German job to me. Like yeah, because you have to be, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's, German, I mean, we are so like OCD, like crazy. Control freaky? And, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna try and like go Avoid around that. that. Yeah, I know. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm pretty much I am a control freak. I think yeah. I'm gonna admit it right here on your show. Wow, big news! Breaking TMZ: Constant Zimmer <laughs> control freak in quotation marks. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get over it though. I'm really trying very hard. How do you do that? I, you... I'm not quite sure because it's not working. Like, but you're aware of it. What? How does it manifest itself? Where you're like, I gotta stop this. <sighs> Just letting people do what they're going to do, allow them to make mistakes and not trying to control them to not. So you're, you're basically talking about your husband and your daughter. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm pretty always, sure I do it to my friends too. You do? <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's a, it's I'm a loving control freak. Uh-huh. I'm, I, I just want everybody to be uh-huh. great. Uh-huh. Oh, is that <laughs> so. it? And if they're not, you're like, okay, well. <laughs> oh, you can, you, you, you can go work on that. We, we tried. <laughs> We tried. Uh, we tried really hard. And, uh, uh, and okay. you failed. <laughs> you failed miserably. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. No, look, I, I, that's the one thing I like about getting older is I'm realizing all of my flaws and I'm, I'm going to be at one with them. Because at this point, if you can't be at one with who you are at this late in the day. like Sure. But being, well, is that, does that involve trying to fix it? Uh, I mean, you can accept it. Accept it. I, I think accepting it and acknowledging it makes yeah. me, I think, just not sure. do it as much because well, yeah, my, I'm aware of it. Yeah. My mom got better. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't great. Was she a control freak too? No, she was, uh, yeah, I don't know, not, not really a control freak, but she was a little detached or something. Yeah, what was it? I don't know. Whatever it was, she, she made an effort later in life. It wasn't controlling. She has a, you know, she's an eating disorder. And oh, she okay. gave it to my brother. She gave it to me. So we're all sort of weird. Uh, mm. We all have this horrible, paralyzing body dysmorphia. She just destroyed our confidence. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is the moment <laughs> when Mark cries. Yeah, I'm not supposed to cry. But uh, <laughs> but she can't put that back in the, you know, that's... that's no, she, that's there. Yeah. But uh, but she seems to be a little better at saying things like, I'm proud of you. And, oh, that was good. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, and then it's too late, and then you don't want to have regrets, right? 
But that I, you know, I feel that as a parent, it's a, it's very, it's very stressful. Nobody writes a book about that shit. That about how much you can fuck up your kid. I, well, they yeah, they write ones about how to like suppose would be a good parent. But don't they? Aren't there? Yes and no. But it's it's statistical. It's yeah. like you know, don't spank them. Well, okay, we know today you, it's wrong to spank your kids. Right. Back when we were growing up, right. they were spanking the shit. I mean, my husband was beat with a stick that he used to have to go get out on the farm. He had to pick his own stick switch. that he would switch exactly yeah, yeah. that he would then be beat with like right. I, you know it's just a different time of raising kids in a different time but it, there is no book about if you do this it will result in this right it's just don't do this but do this mm. and there's nothing about the consequences of it so and we're all i think and this is i'm just speaking for myself but mm. i'm far more aware of the things i say the actions i take for my daughter and how they will affect her in the future not even today. I don't think about today so much. I think about, wait, if I tell her that now, that's going to go into her brain. And then when she is a teenager, she's going to go back to it. So, But do you do you ever check yourself in terms of like w- what you're saying, where it's coming from emotionally within you? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yes, like and and you and and you know you always say you don't want to do what your parents did to you. You right. know, it's all about I'm not going to be the parent. And there are times when I catch myself doing things that my mom did or my dad did, and that and, you think fucked you up. Yes, like what? Uh I mean, I think more with my dad. It wasn't what was said; it was what was not said. Right. Because he wasn't so much a part of raising me. So I have uh, definitely a thing with men. I still don't know what that thing is. But, you know, my sister is a therapist and she always says to me, you really should go into therapy and talk about the fact that we didn't, you know, really have this father figure, so to speak. You know, a thing with men. I don't know. That's what I mean. I've just labeled it as that. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I've called it a thing. I've gotten that far. See, I'm, I'm slowly, I'm slowly working it out yeah. in my later, right, in my later years, right. But yeah. okay, so you don't want to be emotionally detached from your daughter. Oh that, yeah, right. Oh yeah. And what'd your mother do? You know, I, my mother, I can't really complain that much about because yeah. she is why I think I am as independent as I am, and how much I don't think I need. Mm-hmm. Men or anybody else but myself. Does your husband know this? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I have no need for it whatsoever. I'd rather you just. No, he actually. I, I'm going to say this, and I'm being honest. Yeah. This is not to like cover my tracks, but I will say that because this is my second marriage. I didn't get the the first one was not didn't go right. How long was that one? That one. Well, I was with him for five years, but the marriage lasted for six months. Wait, when did that happen? <laughs> Wait, let me say the good thing first, okay. though, because it, it does kind of have to do was with the actor? first marriage. He was a, a a big special effects makeup artist. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Go ahead. You're like, deep, deep, deep. The, let's look that up on the computer. The good one? No, but the good one. Good, what's the good thing? Well, Russ, who is my husband today yeah. and who is really the only husband that matters, is that, you know, 
being with somebody because I know you talk about this a lot on your show and the dating and women and yeah. relationships yeah. and how they're so fucking hard and all this crap. Yeah, it's crap, but it's, it's but true it's sometimes. it's true, and you know it's yeah. hard yeah. sometimes. And there are they're hard. By the way, they don't ever get easy. Great, you know, because the good ones are worth fighting for, and the good ones require work. Um, but I will tell you that it's it's when you get to a place and I think you and I kind of touched on this when we worked together mm-hmm. was when you get to a place where you are good with yourself right then the person that comes along is like it it all works right because you just can't keep searching for yourself and other people right and hoping that they will fulfill it right so Russ is uh, has been the man for the man for me. So you feel um, separateness. You don't feel like you're you're trying to resolve something. Correct. With him. Correct. He right. just he's like everything that comes into the relationship with him is an added bonus. Right. You know it's 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 all there. It's already there. All the groundwork and everything is there. And then everything else is just like oh this is amazing this is an this is added this is whipped cream this right, is right you know cherries. so you're not this playing out an old script that's sort correct. of doomed correct. to cycle out right With the first husband that was just a, a mistake well i was you know i wouldn't it was not a mistake it was a how old were you i i met him when i was 24 yeah i was very young and you were working on a movie i was no but i did meet him uh on a job I, uh, you know, those Duracell commercials that was the plastic family, they were called the Puttermans and they had batteries in the back of their oh, backs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. If it wasn't a Duracell, they right. like fell into food or were whatever. Were you one of them? I was the daughter. Okay. In that campaign. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's a boost to your ego. When your big job you get, you're covered in prosthetics. Yeah. Um, but no, I had met him on that job because he created the the whole concept of these puttermans these and that was so impressive people. to you that you had to just <laughs> jump that guy you're like you're a genius he is a mad genius yeah. and he he really is still still you yeah 100 percent. we are friends yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good yeah it's great but i wouldn't take that time back I, I mean i don't take anything back that happened in my life can't can't well and really wouldn't really don't want to it's 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 every reason why i am right here today with you sitting in this chair and i wouldn't want to be anywhere did you always think that way though no god no yeah i mean it takes a while to figure out how to think that way right regrets are useless they're just useless just act different yeah just just you know accept it well and what is the definition of a crazy person is making the same mistakes over and over again expecting different results exactly i think that's a like i, I hear that definition a lot and i've used it myself but <laughs> i'm not sure where it comes from i think I do you know what i mean i don't know who says it yeah it, maybe it was a crazy person that said it well i i think i've heard it in recovery and i've heard it and it sort of makes sense but sometimes you you know you're doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results uh I, I, you know maybe one day You'll get different results. No, you won't. Okay. So I'm crazy. Right. I mean, no. I mean, I look, whatever. I, I feel like anything's possible. Was but... that your first acting job? The batteries? Yes. No, I think my first acting job was how to get away with murdering your parents. Like some crazy movie of the week yeah. that I had one line and I was actually cut out of the movie, but you can still hear my voice saying, um, or no, it's the day my parents ran away. Oh. But it was about the, it was- How old were you? Oh, God, I don't even remember. 
23. Really? Maybe. So that's when it all started? And were you playing younger parts? Yes. I that's was playing, how it goes? That's when I was playing like 18, you right. know? How long did you 16. do that for? You just stopped doing that, right? Like I a just couple stopped years ago? doing that, yeah. You're playing like 23, 24. Yes, exactly. I I'll never forget the day I got the call and they're like, they want you to play 35. And I remember I was 35 at the time and I said, what? No, that's that's actually how old I am. And, you know, I had to have What's that. Happening? I had that talk with my manager. They're like, well, Constance, uh, here's the deal. Oh, my God. The, the time has come yeah. when you are going to actually play your age. I was like, wow, I've aged into myself. Yeah. Is what happens. And that's, but that's when everything got good, right? Yeah. I, I really, I honestly, I do think that the older I got, the, the parts did get better. Like, do you go through periods where, like, are you... Is there something you want to do that you're not doing? Do you like? Yeah. Well, I want to go into directing. I've really? been directing theater lately. Really? Where do you direct theater? Uh, I do it with this, uh, the Blank Theater in Hollywood, oh, yeah. in West Hollywood. They do a young playwrights festival every summer where all the playwrights are under the age of 18 mm -hmm. and they're one act plays. It's only in the month of June mm -hmm. and it's Right now, the one time I have the time to go in and rehearse for a couple of weeks, and I used to act in them, yeah. but I that I haven't had as much time to do, and also because mostly they write younger characters, yeah. these kids. So I've been directing, uh, I'm directing my third one this year, and it's I love directing. I would yeah. love to direct more and more and more. Theater. Theater. No, I would do anything. I'll do television. I'll do film. I just got to, I'm going to have to, I know. It's like, how do you, how do you uh, get into that? Well, you have to shadow, you know, people have to feel that you're you know, I, capable. You, right. I think you know a guy that directs things. I do. Yeah. He lives in your house. I know. I know. I'm going to shadow him. I could shadow him. Well, you should let him get his big break first. <laughs> let, him get, let him get his footing. In the, yeah, exactly. In, in the world of movies and television. But it, that I will say, that's the hardest part, though, is because he is a director, yeah. and he's such a good director. And whenever I tell him I'm going to direct something, he's he's definitely supportive, mm. but there's also this, oh. <laughs> Tough, so man. you're going you're gonna to try yeah. and tackle this yeah, now? Yeah, right, right. Okay. Can I have anything? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Competitiveness exactly. is rough. Yeah. yeah. But see, that was the thing I was getting at with your with the with the kid and being somebody who's a sort of a show person. Do you ever have that moment where you know, like, because like I don't have kids, and it's it's probably better off, you know, because there's there's a part of me that's sort of like, so you think you're what? You think you're a hot shot because you're a kid? Do you? <laughs> what do you think? Like, and that's not a good thing to have competitive. And I think my father was competitive with me from early on. That just sort of like, no, oh, what's the big deal, kid? Right. Do you fight with that? You know, I do and I don't. I, I mean, I do, but I stop myself. Right. But that's, I think that's part of parents' thing. You, you have to admit that you have these moments, but you just don't act, you know, you don't act like an idiot. No. And I think for me, what's funny is that Colette is very actually artistic, like mm -hmm. an incredible artist. And I love watching it and knowing like she's growing up in a world that I did not grow up in. Like she's going on sets, you know, she's meeting people. And it's like, that's the stuff that fascinates me is how is that going to influence her? Like, can she like, is she going to be in the business? Because that's what she grew up around. Do you want her to be in the business? I don't. I'm not definitely not pushing her that you way. You should keep her off at of those all. sets. 
Well, I know, I know. Um, but but if she does want to be an actor, I'll be supportive. But I'm sure. definitely not putting her into anything until she has, you know, the right mindset to say this is what I want to do. One hundred percent. No, that's I'm going to wait until she's like 11. 13, 14, 15, 30, maybe 30, 30. might be. Um, but she the funniest thing that I found with her, which is going to be an, uh, admitting something pretty sad, is, you know, she's blonde hair, uh, green eyes. She's s- tall. Yeah. And I would like when I started realizing that I was like, you know what? Fuck you, man. <laughs> I'm short. I'm a brunette. I have I don't have long legs mm-hmm. and you know I was like she's the girl that when I was in high school I was like oh look at her she's so pretty oh you, you know now she's in the house now she's in my house that's right would she where'd she get that stuff from your husband Russ yeah because he's like blonde blue eyes tall thank god those jeans won out right <laughs> that's what I say she has his looks and my personality so Perfect. I feel like it's gonna go very oh, far it's great she's gonna go very far my producer said he saw you at the correspondence dinner explain to me what 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 that was about okay so for me that's this is the third year i've gone to that dinner what is the organization that okay you're so part of well the last two years i went with the creative coalition which is what Haley joel went with as yeah. well so the creative coalition is a nonprofit organization that is fighting to keep arts funding and education mm-hmm. and they're using celebrity voices they're using anybody that can raise awareness and try and you know get the government to keep funding arts and why it's so important right because they're taking it out of everywhere right so you get they get these inc- this incredible group of actors from all different mediums television film theater writers producers whatever they can get and you go to capitol hill and you meet with senators and you talk to them about why arts in education is so important yeah and it i did it for the first time last year and it was unbelievably fulfilling and depressing because unfortunately you know the republicans i hate to call them out but they don't get it yeah, you know right. and it's hard and they think that we're trying to fight to give us money and it's like no 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 we're here because we had the arts yeah we don't want i don't want your money i want the money to go to my kids right. i want the money to go to your kids so that they have communication skills and they know how to you know stand up in front of a room and not piss themselves and engage your creativity exactly yeah so yeah so i've gone with them for the last two years and then the first year i went as a house of cards cast member because house of cards was huge in dc they love it they love it so much they do they do they really do and it's so fun being on a political show and being in washington yeah oh my god you're a real rock star oh the real white house correspondents i mean they come up to me and they're just like thank you for making us look so cool (laughs) like really i did that (laughs) okay (laughs) you know you know and Uh, i mean i got to meet david carr before he passed away uh, and he was so influential on house of cards i would have you know those are again relationships that i would have never had had i not been on that type of show Whose brainchild is the House of Cards? Bo Willimon. Yeah. Who wrote Ides of March. Oh, yeah. And Kevin Spacey, working with him is great. Amazing. I mean, he really can't do no wrong. He's something, huh? He is incredible. He's incredible. I, I just, the first time I met him, 
it was our first table read of the first episode. And I remember he was like in the greeting line when we were all walking in and I was like, okay, all right, just act cool, just act cool. Yeah. You know, and I walk up to him and I'm like, hi, uh, hi, hi, Kevin, so nice to meet you. I'm, my name's Constance Zimmer. And before I could get out my last name, he's like, I know who you are. <laughs> I was like, uh, 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 okay. And then I was, then I just didn't know what else to say. I was like, well, there went my what, what? bit. Was it mean or was it just... No, it was just kind of like... I mean, he was just... He doesn't... He's not... He is not mean. He is so present and just in your face and eye contact that it's this... His confidence that is... Might seem terrifying because... It's just there and it's so on the surface. And I just, that was all, I didn't know what else to say after that. I had nothing else to say. When when you do scenes with him, do, like, is he one of the actors where you're like, holy shit, this is like, you know, this is great? Oh, 100%. 100%. When you when you train to be an actor, like at Pasadena or, or at the Art Academy or what was it? <laughs> American Academy Amer- of Dramatic Arts. The American Academy of Dramatic Arts. The AADA. Arts. So are all the skills that you have now outside of uh, just experience? I mean, do did you learn anything there? You know, the American Academy was like a fame school. And it was the, the type of school where you go and you learn everything at once. You do Shakespeare, scene study, uh, emotional training of how to cry on, you know, all this crap. Mm. Um, but it really, I think, was truthfully being in the business and auditioning and doing cold reading classes where I learned the most because I studied with this um, coach named Brian Reese, who mm-hmm. was all about cold reading. Because that's what you're bringing into a room is the sides they've given you. And I will never forget the first thing he said when we had class was he said, I'm going to say something to all of you here and half of you are going to leave. But the reality of this business is this. They don't care where you're coming from, where you're going to, what your motivation is. They care if they want you at their rap party. And there was all these like hands went up and they were like, that's, you know, that's bullshit. I studied at Juilliard and, you know, I was at NYU and, you know, they do care and it da, 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 da. And he said, all of that work and all of your education matters when you're on the set. But when you walk into that room to audition, you better be likable because nobody wants to be on a set for three months with an asshole who just happens to be talented. <laughs> Unless they're a big star. Unless they're a big star, and that's true. Because there are a lot of assholes on sets, that's true. Right? Yeah. So, outside of Kevin, who was like, uh, did, have you worked with your heroes before? Well, I would say also, I mean, working with David Fincher was, that to me was like, I did have a feeling of, all right, if this is it, if my yeah. career is done, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> I'm well, good. Well, what made him so amazing? I mean, like when you work with a director, I mean, like I, I've seen directors work, but I don't have no experience with film and I, and I only have my own experience on my own TV show. But like, what is it? What, what's so impressive or what makes it connect so deeply? 
You know, none of us, I like, I never knew David Fincher as a person. I just knew mm-hmm. him as a director and I right. knew he was incredible. And right. you hear all these stories and you're terrified to meet him and then you meet him and he's the coolest person I've ever met. And that connected with being somebody that's so talented. And what he is, is he is so specific. And I appreciate specificity so much because I told you yeah. OCD. Right. But. I mean, he like if he was in this room, every single tiny thing that is in this room would matter to him. Even this, like, I don't even know what this is. This is like one of those things for an Ikea cabinet. One of those uh, wrenches. Yeah. What are those things called? But, you know, he would. Allen wrench. Allen wrench. Thank you. It would matter. It would matter to him what the angle it was, where it was pointed. Um, You know, he wants everything as real and as organic as possible to not seem like it's actors in a scene. Uh And that to me is, I I mean, it's hard to explain because some people hate that and some people love it. And I just, does he do that in the direction as well? Or like outside of set deck or the framing of something? No, of course, but he wants you to be as real as possible within the character you are playing. And how do you see, how do you, but how do you get that? I mean, he, well, he's been known to just break people down uh and to get that. (laughs) He'll, 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 he will do whatever it takes to get you to stop acting or to, or pull you aside. No, while you're in the scene. Uh-huh. That's always the best because then it's always on film. Well, like cut. Could you do it again? But you know, stop mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. But I just, you, you know, you have to go in when you go. I I knew what to do with him as a director. I knew that he just wants you to to not act like just be like embody the character, and which is very hard to do because I mean we're acting right. It's, it's it's kind of hard to explain. I don't really know if I'm doing a good job of explaining no, it. No, I but understand it, but it, like it has to. You also trust him, right? Like, 150 percent. So if he says to me, you know, on this line, don't you know, don't pick up your pencil. Like, just do it directly at her. Never move your eyes. Never change your facial structure. Don't move your eyebrows. You know, he's very specific. Wow. And he's like, you're moving your eyebrows. Don't move your eyebrows. Wow. And so all of a sudden, you're concentrating on the fact that you don't want to move your eyebrows, that it's making you not concentrate on, quote unquote, acting. Ah, oh, clever. Mm-hmm. See? He's uh, clever like got that. Got tricks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm excited for you <laughs> with all, all the things I can tell. That, are, that are happening right now. <laughs> it's like it's like June is Constant Zimmer month. I know that was very sweet. A reporter said, "I I think we need to call this the Z- the the summer of Zimmer." <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get through it. Appreciate and it. It was nice talking to you. <laughs> you too. Did you have fun? Was this all right? Oh my god, it's the best. All right, good. I would do this every day. Okay, well, maybe we can make that happen. We can make it like a weekly occurrence. <laughs> a week in the life of Constant Zimmer. Okay, all right. Maybe we should today. Do the I picked What's... up poop. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that I do do that. Too. That's not a great pitch. It's not. <laughs> Hot girls picking up poop. Okay. That was that was my one of my husband's idea for a book, <laughs> because in New York there's all these like beautiful models and you know celebrities sure. and they're all walking around and they're just picking up shit. Well, when's that book happening? I don't know. Well, now make you better, it happen. Well, you just mention it out loud. Someone's going to do it. Uh, I wonder yeah. if there's a website. We'll look in a minute. We will. All right, that's our show. I love her. I love you. Thank you, Chicago, for the amazing night and the specials. Uh, I think it's going to look great, and I couldn't have done it without you. Okay? 
even the drunk lady and all the nice people. I'm trying to stay open-hearted to everybody. Please go to WTFPod.com slash calendar to, to hook up with tickets in Red Bank, New Jersey, Huntington, New York, Port Chester, New York, uh, the BAM Opera House, uh, Boulder, Denver, Portland, Oregon, two shows. So, so, uh, so do that. Come see me. I'm, I'm going to stay funny throughout this tour, even though I did the special, even though I did it. I can't make any guitar noises. Though in, in, in Cleveland, all the Earthquaker people came. All the pedal nerds came to my show. Like 10 of them. The makers of those things. Boomer lives!